Hey, I've got some exciting news for you. For nearly a decade, the Social Media Marketing Society has been helping marketers like you to keep up with the changing times. This is our private community just for marketers, and the doors are open right now. When you join, you get access to ongoing training and become part of a welcoming community of marketers who are just like you. Learn more at smmarketingsociety.com. Again, smmarketingsociety.com. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here's your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by socialmediaexaminer.com. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. I am super excited about today's show. I'm going to be joined by Daryl Eves, and we're going to talk about what it's like to work with video influencers, everything you need to know about that. We're also going to talk about the brand new thing from Facebook called Facebook Watch, which is their alternative to YouTube and many other channels. So you're going to love this episode. And by the way, if you want to email me, simply email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. Let's transition over to this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in a social jungle, here's this week's survival tip. This week I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a cool tool called Sticky AI that converts selfies into stickers. Huh. Okay, tell (laughs) me more. (laughs) Now, when I say the word sticker, I do not mean a tangible, literal sticker. I mean sticker in the term of that we've started to know when we use uh, Messenger on uh, iOS or stickers when we talk about sticking stickers onto Facebook stories and Instagram stories. This mobile app for iOS and coming soon to Android takes artificial intelligence and it will take like a, a video of you uh, doing kind of GIF-like features. So it's like one of the, one of the ones, for example, that I did was uh, uh, it's a picture of me as a selfie and then it's me raising my thumb and then I pull it back down. And then as soon as – and it masks out my background no matter what I'm on, kind of green screen-like. Huh. And then I can then save that and then I can import that into – uh, Facebook Messenger, Snapchat, uh, WeChat, and iOS Messages, and again, soon to be on Google uh, Play. They've got a sticker on their website that says that. And so it's another cool way to do personalized, fun, interactive, almost humanized emoji, if you will. Interesting. So this is video or is it still, or is it both? It is videos and still. So you can okay. take which one, you know, go whichever route you want to go. So it kind of sounds like what it's doing is creating a transparent, like PNG or GIF that somehow, the part that I'm struggling to figure out is how does this, does this like layer on top of existing camera effects that you've got going on on these platforms? Or is this just kind of a standalone kind of a thing? 
It's a little bit of a standalone thing for now, but it again, it's one of those things where you can then send it out over and it'll work just like uh, – like for example, I could reply to you. If you texted me, I could reply to you with instead of the emoji thumbs up, I could hit reply and reply with uh, a, a sticker from this app of literally me giving you a, fun, a thumbs up over and over again like a GIF. Huh. So you can so this app Sticky AI. How do you spell it, by the way? S T I C K Y A I. Two separate words. Got it. So so Sticky AI will make it easy for you to create some sort of a little animated GIF or still image that you can you can save and then somehow use when you're sending messages back and forth to people. Is that what I hear you saying? Yep. Yeah, that's exactly it. On on a number of these different messaging platforms, and it's got them all listed there in in the site. Very cool, awesome. Well, where do we find the actual app? And tell us, is it free or what is it? It's a free app, and you can find it at sticky aicom Awesome, Eric. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I was recently at Social Media Marketing World. And I had a chance to connect with some of our best customers. A lot of them listen to our podcast, just like you do. Not everyone knows what I'm about to share with you. We do something special here at Social Media Examiner. The best of the best of the guests that you hear on the Social Media Marketing Podcast not only teach at our conference, but they're also part of our secret society called the Social Media Marketing Society. Each month, our top-tier guests who have been on my show, are invited to train inside our society for an exclusive group of marketers who are just like you. The training is designed to help you go from being a passive consumer of content to a marketer who is in active learning mode. So if you're ready to make real progress with your marketing, you're a perfect fit for the Social Media Marketing Society. Join us by visiting smmarketingsociety.com. We've got a really big sale that is ending very soon, so don't delay. Again, visit smmarketingsociety.com and join today. And now for today's interview with Daryl Eaves. Helping you simplify your social safari, here's this week's expert guide. I'm very excited to be joined today by Daryl Eaves. If you don't know who Daryl is, he's one of the world's top YouTube video marketing expert. He's consult, consulted with many of the world's largest YouTube channels and video influencers. He's also the founder of Vid Summit, an industry conference for video creators, agencies, and brands, and an event you must attend if you are interested in getting in front of creators. Daryl, welcome to the show. Mike, thanks for having me. So today, Daryl and I are going to talk about working with video creators and influencers. And we're also going to talk a little bit about some new announcements that came out of Facebook and get Daryl's thoughts on this. Um, so Daryl, let's start with uh, your story. How did you start working with video creators? I'd love to hear the story. Yeah. So I've owned an agency that we worked with, you know, brands and businesses and small businesses at that time since 1999. And one of the things that we're doing is uh, doing search engine optimization and really getting websites to be found. Uh, with the advent of YouTube, we actually transitioned to actually getting videos to show up at the front page of Google and use it as a lead generation uh, mechanism to really, you know, accomplish the goals that they want, which is more clients and making more money. And 
I stumbled upon something. I had a, a, a client of mine who uh, owned a pest control compl- uh, c- a company, and he actually uh, we quintupled his business. And he was actually uh, have to go out to spray because he had so much business that he had to just go out on his own and, and really start spraying. And they had m- multiple trucks. And he went into a piano store. And the owner of the piano store was trying to sell pianos online and uh, asked uh, the individual if he knew anyone that does internet marketing and understood YouTube because he was actually doing some things on YouTube to sell the pianos. And he says, oh, you have to use Daryl. And before you know it, I saw what they were doing and I was blown away at the quality of content that they're actually producing. The music was outstanding. The visuals were outstanding. And I'm like, man, how many pianos have you sold? And he says, nothing. <laughs> and and over we started working together and over the, the next year, uh, they went from not being known in the world to 1.8 million subscribers and had hundreds of millions of video views. Wow. And what I was able to see from that, if you're ever familiar with the piano guys, that's the the client that I'm telling you about. But what I was really uh, excited was is I was able to see the power of audiences. And I was also able to see the power of an influencer who was the piano guys. And for me, I wanted to be all in. And so I literally sold off my that portion of the business and I went 100% into audience development and really building uh, influence uh, in different realms. And it really shocked me how um, how the process was and how engaged people can get and um, how excited they can get to really share your your vision and also your mission and also your purpose. And that got me really excited about because I, like you, would like to change this world. And I really believe that we have the power to change this world. And I was able to see someone come in and create a, a tribe, a community, and they were able to lead and be really visionaries on helping people gather and also spread their message, which was, you know, to uplift the world through music and, and visual representation. And so that uh, was a true indicator to me is this is my passion, my love. And, um, you know, collectively, if we work together and grow communities, that we can ultimately change the situation that we're actually in in the world today. So what year was that? Um, that, oh man, that was quite a few years ago. I think it's like, oh man, I, 2007, 2008. So like, like 10 years ago, pretty much. So yeah, yeah, no, it's been, it's been a while and, um, it'd probably be right, right, right around that period of time. Um, but it's been great. And, you know, since then, um, myself and my company that we own, we've helped, uh, 14 different channels start from zero and get over a million subscribers. And um, we've helped generate 21 billion video views. But the thing that's biggest, probably the biggest for me is the type of content, the things that I'm attracted to, to, to help get going are the ones that are actually making a difference in the world. And I, I truly um, have more passion and, and more um, uh, motivation to help people really be found in that, in, that, uh, in that sense. But what we found was, and we did every vertical that you can actually do on YouTube. And when we, what we found was that there is actually a system to create audiences. And then two, we, we understand the type of influencers, uh, what the effect that they actually have on their tribe, but also getting their tribe involved to um, help change the world. And, you know, as we uh, navigated this landscape, we really learned 
um, that this isn't something new. It's been around for since the beginning of time. And, and it's like there are people put in positions of influence and actually how we communicate, how we interact with fans, um, you know, can really make the biggest difference. And I think the best example of this, Mike, is uh, you and I just saw each other not too long ago and um, your daughter was with you and really wanted to, to meet some influencers uh, that she had and, um, you know, that she liked and watched and her friends would watch. And she had that opportunity um, to kind of rub shoulders with them. And just like for me, and I know that you were doing this as a dad too, but for me, it was a special moment because here's the, your, your precious daughter that you love and, and the influencer that she kind of idolizes. And they were just being like BFFs, their best friends. They were just talking about life and boys and school and friends. It was and cool. it was fun to yeah. watch that. It was very and cool. And by the way, that's the cool thing is a lot of these creators are actually just normal people. And uh, we're going to get into that. We're going to get into like, what do you need to know businesses that are listening right now when you want to work with influencers? And it's it's exciting because I really do believe that you, Daryl, are one of the more networked guys that I know on the planet when it comes to these influencers. So we're going to dig into that. But before we do, I have to diverge for just a minute because as of this recording, Mark Zuckerberg um, had just recently announced this new initiative called Facebook Watch. And for those that are listening that do not know what it is, it's essentially Facebook's um, way of taking episodic content, much like a podcast, but instead video content, very original content, and publishing it on the the Facebook platform. They are working with a lot of creators and since you are heavily vested in the YouTube space, I'm curious what you can tell us about what your thoughts are about this new initiative. Because obviously, nobody knows where it's going, but what, what do you think well, about it? No, they do. They just don't want to talk about well, it. Well, some people yet. know and they can't talk about it, but what's your thoughts on it? Yeah, so here's the thing. And, and, and truly, the goal and mission of, of anyone that has a platform is they want people to stay on the platform as, as long as possible. And with Facebook Watch, uh, for those that are not familiar, it's basically a way and it's organized in a way to keep people on Facebook a little bit longer, giving them the content that they're actually looking for from, you know, any type of any type of episodes that make it a little bit more easier to search and to also engage with the type of um, profiles that are out there, pages and profiles. Now. Facebook's goal is to keep people on um, Facebook and literally obliterate the internet of how we know it. It's and the what Hotel I mean California, that, right? You can come anytime you want, but you can never leave. <laughs> exactly. They want to make sure that it's the end all. And so when you're on Facebook, that you don't need to go to any other place to get the content that you want or the people that you want to connect with. It's all there. And realistically, I truly believe it's a precursor for all things VR and, you know, mm. virtual reality and pulling socials together and, you know, having these communities. And I think, you know, that's kind of in their realm too. It's just a full immersive uh, entertainment lifestyle type of <laughs> setting. Huh. And with with uh, Facebook Watch, what I'm really excited about is number two, there's uh, – number one, there's actually competition in, in a good way and who they're competing 
competing with is Netflix. Who they're competing with is uh, digital uh, cable providers, Amazon Prime, HBO, Showtime. But you're going to see Facebook has very deep pockets and they've already put together contracts uh, with certain creators from certain platforms, i.e. YouTube (laughs) and other places like that to come produce uh, really high quality content uh, for their audiences. So they're they're diverting a lot of money uh, towards content creation, just like you know Netflix did for Netflix originals and right. Amazon did for Amazon originals. Well, I can it's tell still- you they publicly disclosed they're willing to invest up to three million dollars per episode for some of these shows. Yeah, and and two, when you say a three three million dollar per episode. Um, that is literally broadcast standards right. on a lot of, of things for, for lower budgeted items. But you take some of these YouTubers that, you know, they've been doing everything on a shoestring budget, maybe a couple, couple hundred thousand dollars right. is the max that they would do on some really, really high production. And it really makes it enticing where they can actually put some of this content together. And one thing that I'm excited about and seeing what they're actually doing is they are going to create competition in a way that YouTube and other providers are going to have to respond. Mm. And that's what's going to be great for the whole industry. And competition is really good. So I, I applaud it. I applaud Facebook for coming into it. Um, I truly believe that this is only 0.5 of their whole plan, and they're going to be rolling out many things. And this is just kind of the first step of, hey, we can actually bring in uh, live video streams, but episodic. We can bring in other types of content that uh, normally wouldn't do well on Facebook and have it be searchable and in a way that um, it just makes sense in the Facebook ecosystem. But two, I truly believe that it's going to be um, – you're going to see many things as they have. They're, they're trying to disrupt uh, this space, the video space, and they have – uh, I truly believe with live and and this will be one to to fun to watch and there's going to be some hiccups uh, but it's all about adoption. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing that I found out about Facebook, they want to dominate everything and they're willing to change things and modify it and not really abandon too much. <laughs> so, well you know what's fascinating Daryl is I believe that we are in the midst of a creator renaissance and that literally we are at the front of a new age of creative talent specifically on video that is just being birthed with the likes of uh, episodic content on Snapchat, special live contracts in place on Twitter, YouTube Red, Facebook. I mean, we're just at the front end of something that is just getting started. I agree 100%. And Mike, I'll tell you, I'll give it a step further. So I have a client that um, has a very well-known um, series on Showtime, like it, it, you know, been years on Showtime and, um, she would go out to Walmart and go shopping when, you know, she was putting a Showtime comment and very rarely would she ever be approached, um, of saying, Oh, you know, I know I saw you on this as soon as, as soon as Netflix actually picked that up, she couldn't even go out. Like she would go to the Walmart and she'd get mobbed by people because there are more eyeballs seeing her on Netflix than ever was on Showtime. And huh. the whole thing about it is that's with a huge, um, you know, production crew and so on. And there's influencers right now that shoot with their phone or with a camera that they picked up for a few hundred dollars and have bigger audiences and a bigger social reach than A-list celebrities. 
And you're seeing more and more people like The Rock are starting their own YouTube channels and trying to, to bring up their social presence because, you know, literally the most influential uh, uh, people, celebrities, uh, if you do the top 10 list, most of them are, are content creators on YouTube. That people and over 40 it, have never heard of before probably, it, right? Exactly, exactly. But yet the rising generation and you know uh, Gen Z, millennials, and so on, these are the people that they know. And, 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 and really these content creators, um, they amass this huge social following that, that – um, you know, it's so easy to really not have to have these huge budgets to, to accomplish a lot of these things that these creators are doing. You just need to be able to attract an audience, give them value, and, and build a community, which these, these individuals have done. Perfect. So this is a good transition over to talking about video influencers. Um, so let me just kind of uh, wax poetic for a second. Video influencers... YouTube celebrities, YouTube creators, whatever you want to call these people, um, they are, um, some of them have many millions of followers. Some of them are in super micro niches that have maybe just a few tens of thousands of followers, but the right kind of followers that you want to get in front of help marketers understand, first of all, why they should consider working with these influencers and what they are capable of achieving versus the alternative ways that a lot of people think about marketing. Well, uh, from an agency perspective, one of the biggest challenges and one of the things that they look at is how can we get the most visibility? And um, there are paid strategies that you would get the visibility where you'd have paid ads out there uh, getting, uh, getting in front of the right eyeballs. But there's something about when someone's engaged with a specific creator or influencer that um, there's this sense of loyalty and and they're w willing to listen and and take almost marching orders for them to do certain tasks or things that are there just because they're they literally trust a part of their life. Yeah, and they trust them. They trust them. They know and trust them. And so when agencies look at what's the most effective way to reach our intended target audience, uh, A, do an ad that would target their target demo, or B, would be, hey, maybe if we integrated this influencer to be a part of this ad and we targeted that target demo that, that people would know them, is that the best case scenario? Or C, which would be, hey, why don't we we uh, include this um, influencer in an ad or you know a brand integration, and they push traffic to us and not do any advertising or what have you. And so it could just be a video that they actually put together on their channel, doing an integrated brand deal where they're able to push things uh, there. And it's all about visibility and then leverage. And the leverage. What's really interesting is, let's just say someone had a, a you know a social presence with a two million um, you know two million person reach. Um, you know what they do and how they interact on their socials can really jumpstart a campaign uh, and and take it to levels that you never seen. Now, one of the things that we like to to attribute uh, more to at the end of the day is sales. We want sales coming in. And these influencers wield a lot of um, authority, and they also there's a lot of trust that's involved that can get people over the hurdle of oh should I buy this or not just based off of how they're showcasing the product or service and explaining things that need to be done. Uh, you know, perfect case in point was I I was having some Wi-Fi issues at home, 
And I was studying uh, some Wi-Fi, um, you know, tech specs and so on and so forth. Come across someone that I trust as an influencer that gave a glowing recommendation for a specific product. And it was a, a, a router uh, system with satellites um, that, you know, could increase the signal and so on and so forth in my home. And I didn't do any more research. I watched them do a, a presentation of why they think it's one of the best, and I went and bought it, and I paid six hundred bucks for it. Um, and that's that's the thing is, you know, that's the type of influence that's out there. So if you can kind of integrate that uh, influencer to enhance your campaigns, you're going to have a higher likelihood of success. Uh, when you do two two important things, and this is what most agencies uh, you know fall short on, agencies try to tell creators what to create, mm. and you have to really say, you know what, we're going to leave it up to them to create what they want uh, with some very light parameters. And when you can do that, it enhances every campaign. And trust me, every campaign that we've run, and we've run some really, really big campaigns, we wanted to include influencers as a part of it because what it brings is that organic push that's needed. And it also brings credibility that you can always point back to in paid strategies or what have you uh, to help people make decisions on higher end products. It's fascinating because, you know, if anybody's ever watched HGTV and you see these interior designers come in and they kick the person who owns the house out of the house <laughs> and then they redesign the house and then they do the reveal. Um, that's hard for marketers, you know, to, to basically um, allow a creative to kick them out and entrust them to do their magic and, and then come back and see the reveal, just like it would be really hard. I don't know about you, Daryl, but it'd be really hard for me to let someone redesign my house with very little direction and then just yeah. come back and have a reveal. But that's kind of what we're talking about. Yeah, but but more so, it's not taking over the whole campaign. It's just right. one little component in the campaign. So uh, agencies- So it's like one room in your oh. house. <laughs> Exactly. They're not doing the house. They're just doing one specific task in the house. And so that's kind of the way I look at it. It's like you're not giving the full reins to it because it could flop. It could totally do what you wouldn't want to do. But what you look at it is if we get this to, to enhance, what would that actually do for the campaign? The campaign needs to be center focused and the agency is the best people uh, to put the, the what's best for the brand you know, the, the way that it's, that people interact, the influencers, as you integrate them would just enhance that, um, would bring an organic push, even though that's a paid strategy, it's just paid in a different way. And so they give you an example is, um, we're talking about home improvement. Well, let's say that there's an influencer that has 5 million followers on Facebook and their post reach is insane. What if they would post repost, a, a, a specific review of the product that you're trying to sell that someone actually did and reposted it on theirs and, you know, pushed it out. And then you're able to go in and enhance that and link it with advertising and really push some ads behind it. So it goes out to that audience. And so it's like really looking at ways to leverage uh, the individual, but also the audience that that's following that individual. So focusing on video creators and video influencers, if you will, um, one of the questions that I know I would have, and I'm sure many people listening would have, is there's a big audience of influencers in my industry. How do I know which ones I should work with? Is there some ranking thing or tool or I don't know anything? How do I know who to work with? 
Yeah, so the first thing that I would do is go to a website called socialbluebook.com. And basically, they have influencers and what it would cost, um, kind of an estimated uh, you know, estimated cost of what it would be to work with an influencer, mm. but you can actually use the tool as an advertiser to kind of lump these these people together. Uh, the problem with that is, yes, you have a cost, you have channels that are organized. You literally have to go through and start watching some of their content to see if they actually resonate with your brand. Uh, there's no tool out there that says, "Oh, okay, this is the person's perfect for your brand." Because, you know, there's so much content that's out there. So maybe one video would, but they might have done a response where it wouldn't be necessarily brand safe and you wouldn't want to necessarily put um, your ties to that specific brand and uh, that individual. And so that's something that you have to kind of uh, uh, do. But you guys do that anyway, you know, in an agency standpoint of, of vetting and making sure that they, they go good. This is just Social Blue Book's a great way uh, to pull them all together and see what the price is going to be to integrate with it. And and then also, it's a great way to reach out to these um, these creators too, because there's built-in functionality to do that as well. So let's say that we have two or three different uh, video influencers that we're thinking about approaching, uh, or maybe we'll just start with one. What how, how, what's the first thing we need to worry about? Well, I I think is you got to look at how they've interacted with other brands, and so I would try to get content that they have actually produced that you could tell. Oh, they you know they, this is a brand deal, or they reviewed a product, or they, they are integrated somehow. And once you're able to see that, um, then you can actually have a good discussion with them. And the first thing that you'd want to do is create kind of a document of what um, you're offering and, and two, what your asks are. Because the biggest thing from creators is they want to create and they don't want to be told what to create. And, and sometimes that's tough. Uh, and, and that sometimes there's a lot of negotiation involved and the, the more they, I mean, they know what their audience, they know what their audience wants. They, they're the ones that actually built their audience. And so it's kind of hard to dictate to them, oh, you have to do it this way, or you have to do that when they know what's best for their audience. And that's all we're trying to do is leverage that audience in the, in the, the most mm -hmm. uh, predictable way, because these, these people are loyal. And, well, um, let me ask you this. What are some reasonable asks? Because if someone listening has not yet done this before, like what are the yeah, types of things no, they can great. ask for? So yeah. a reasonable ask would be pushing traffic to a, a website, you okay. know, pushing traffic to a video. That's a reasonable ask. Um, maybe specific talking points, uh, but not you follow this script exactly. It's like, here's a talking point that we'd like you to ad address, right? And, and, and those talking points are fine. Other than that, you know, then you're getting a little chaotic when you're saying you, your title needs to be this way, you need to have this type of description, you need mm -hmm. to have these that are involved and you know, we need to make sure that we have someone on set and we need to, you know, approve it with legal and, you know, so on and so forth. The more that you can just uh, make it simple where it says, we're giving you this amount of money. These are the things that we want to do. We want you to push this traffic to this video or we uh, website. Uh, and then we want you to, to support it on these socials uh, so that it can get traffic. And then two, um, if it's a possibility, we'd like to run it as an ad. So, you know, if it, if it, if would it that mean that, would that mean that, um, we would, if, if I was working with one of these guys, I would provide my ads account to the, fund that thing. Is that the idea? Correct. Correct. And what they would do is just link it so that they can run ads on it. Um, uh, which is, you know, it happens all the time. And so, you know, th that's, those are reasonable asks. Now, the more complicated that you give it, 
the more interaction and discussion that you'll have with these influencers and, and some of them, it's not appealing to them. Uh, and, and keep in mind, um, this is what most people think is, Oh, you know, we're giving them all this money, a huge amount of money, but I'm here to tell you that some of these people make a ton of money, uh, just because of their audience size. And, and so they make just, money because they're helping other people make money, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And two, they make money off the ads, uh, some of these people are, are, you know, easily doing six figures a month just off ads alone. Uh, that's not integrated brand deals or anything like that. And so, this is something that you need to take in mind: is you know what what is it worth? And I like to say, look, if you're willing to buy a radio spot or a TV spot, what would that cost you? And and two, what's the reach that you're actually getting in front of the eyeballs? And so, doing even half of that. Uh, you know, for a digital influencer to do the same thing, um, but get more of an audience and more eyeballs, uh, then that's a great deal for everyone that's involved. But Social Blue Book would be a great place to um, at least give you an indicator of what it's going to cost. You can always go down and they could always ask for more. It just depends on, you know, what they're actually looking to do. Let's just say hypothetically that I'm a cosmetics company and I want to work with a, um, a young female uh, YouTube or video influencer. And, um, let's say currently that person has a million or a couple million subscribers, but we see that they're on the way up. Um, and we, we, we broker the deal. Um, is there a chance that that video could keep on working for literally years or is this, oh. kind of, I mean, talk to me about that. Cause there's an yeah, upside to, like the, to partnering the with these tail strategy. It depends yeah. on where the video lives. Right. You know, if it lives on YouTube, then it has a very long tail strategy. Cause that's the way that the, the platform's set. Uh, not so much on Facebook, but with Facebook watch, it should be, um, it should be a little bit differently. Um, but ultimately, yeah, it's searchable. It's still people come in and consume content. They do the binge where they watch all their content and that would include that as well. And so, yes, it's a long-term strategy that keeps on giving well after the campaign is done. So and it's not like the, the creator can just delete the video once the campaign is done, right? They why would they want to do that? They probably like, wouldn't want to do that. It would help them, no, right? No, because it has data that, that they need um, to show, okay, this is how we work with this brand. And then two, it's it's um, data that's collected that helps them, gives them a, the authority. And so they're not going to delete it. I've never uh, – I think the only time that a creator is deleted was when there's a dispute. You know, and um, the money wasn't paid or something. Yeah. But I want to I want to put this I want to put the question back on you, Mike, though, is you you mentioned, oh, you know, a smaller audience with or they're growing. They have a couple million subscribers. But I'm here to tell you, um, would you would you rather have one or two people that have a a million subscribers or would you rather have three or four hundred that only have one hundred thousand subscribers or fifty fifty thousand subscribers? Well, I, I would imagine working with many influencers would be far more challenging than working with a few. Is that what I hear you saying? I'm here to tell you it's easier to work with far more. When you do with smaller influencers, that this might be their first brand deal uh, versus- Oh, it's uh, easier to big, get a whole bunch of them working for you when they're just getting started is what I hear you saying? Yeah. So they might have like 100,000, but they've, they're just making money because they're passionate and they might have some ads and you might be their first brand deal that, that's paying them, you know, $500,000, whatever that, that, you know, it comes ah. into. I would rather do 50 to two or 300 of those people. That could be the next and, Casey Neistat, right? You, you never know. And, and two, some of these people are growing at an exponential rate. It's like uh, some fr- friends of mine that actually started a YouTube channel in January now have 1.3 million subscribers. And if you would have approached them in February, <clears throat> 
to do a brand deal, they'd probably be excited for the most minimal amount of things because they haven't done a brand deal. Mm. But now they're being approached by, you know, some bigger brands that have budgets and have worked with other influencers. And so, you know, their price is going to go up as their value uh, goes up as well. Interesting. Now, um, from the from the agency and the brand side and the business side, what should we expect, um, you know, once we broker a deal? Like, what's that? What do we need to know? Yeah. So I think the biggest thing would be what, what your asks are, when it needs to be delivered by and what type of supporting things that they need to do, like what, whether it's social posting across all platforms. Um, and then two, if you have hashtags or the website that you're pointing to, what that actually looks like. Now I'm here to tell you that that's, that's a great way to do it. But if your client, uh, as an agency has some type of affiliate program, um, you could do more where you say, Hey, what, you know what, we'll actually do this at a reduced rate and then give you an affiliate code where you can make money on this. And that's where influencers get really excited because you know what? It's they like know residual they, income for them, right? Exactly. Residual income. But not only that, it's, it's something that they'll push harder because they says, Oh, it's just not a one-off, but I could do this multiple ways. And if they really resonate with the product or service, then they're really going to push it. And that's when, you know, some amazing things can truly happen. What do creators need to disclose and how do businesses need to make sure that the creators are disclosing? is, Is very aware of these influencers. And so they actually have to make sure, regardless if you're paying them money or not, if they're actually receiving any type of compensation, whether it be free product or and or, uh, they're getting paid to do it, that they have to have discloses an ad. And so YouTube and other services are now, um, you know, having check boxes and stuff like that saying, hey, this is, there's a paid endorsement in here. And then two, in their description and also, uh, you know, their social posts, they have to do hashtag ad. So people are very aware, hey, this, I'm getting paid for this. And so, um, what about, what about like for the creators listening right now, how can they creatively disclose that they're being paid without it seeming strange? Well, I'm here to tell you, um, that, that my business partner, um, with the vid summit, Sean Dura, Sean McKnight, or I'm sorry, McBride. And, um, he's probably the most creative person that, um, integrates brands and he does more brand deals than any person I know. And, um, what I love about him is he's very transparent with his audience about what it is. Hey, you know what, you know, uh, T-Mobile's making this possible and we're going to make this amazing video. And so he just discloses ah, it. I see. So he says they're making it possible and that's and, kind of his way of saying that. Yeah, they're paying yeah. Me. Dude, it's just like they, they make like, he's the best I've ever seen of making the brand, the hero. Yeah. And basically this is what he's actually talking on at vid summit because there's so many people that just do it wrong. But it, they, they create this amazing experience uh, for the viewer and say this is just made possible because of the, you know, of people like Subaru, you know, and he does it, you know, they, he does these amazing adventures and it's around the product. And what he does is work with the team um, to say, okay, what, what do you want to accomplish? And then he brings his creativity because he knows his audience. And the at the end of the day, the the brand becomes the hero because they made the content this amazing content that Sean came up with and were able to to leverage in the right way and so that's that's a really really interesting approach is how can we make the brand the hero so if you're a content creator if you you're always thinking that way 
then ad agencies will want to work with you more and and two brands will want to work with you more as well but there needs to be give and take that's where you can't be telling the creator what to create that's where they need their creative freedom and if they if they have the attitude of making the uh, hero uh, the brand then the audience will respect that as well and they don't feel oh you sold out because you have a brand deal well no that's not the case because they're like hey this is amazing content we would have never had this amazing content or you put the production and time into it like you did or there are other incentives that are there because you know you you wouldn't have done that without this brand deal so one of the recurring themes you you've said is that you we need to let the creative be creative (laughs) you know let the creator be creative is there any other rookie mistakes that we should avoid if we are on the business side trying to reach uh, out. Like my, my thing is, and, and agencies are the worst at this, is saying we know better than everybody else. Mm-hmm. And and trust me, I own an agency and I feel that way too sometimes, you know? But it's totally different when they have their own audience that they built from the, the ground up. And they know that audience better than anybody else. They know the tones, the way that it works, you know, every, every little nuance that it has. So of course that's the number one thing. But number two, um, it, it's, it's all about timing, communication and control. And, um, the agencies are going to get really frustrated because a lot of these content creators don't do email threads. They hate it. They hate it. But they'll do a text message, <laughs> you know. And oh, I so, see. So like, what I hear you saying is, when you communicate with them, they might not respond to your email. It, it, absolutely, it's like I I went up to a creator um, just recently, and I'm like, you know, you you, you missed out on fifty thousand dollars, and he says, what are you talking about? And I says, there's a contract waiting for you. All you need to do is sign everything that we discussed via on the phone and in text message, just waiting for your thing. Oh, really? Oh, okay, I'll do it right now. <laughs> I mean, it was it was there for. I, I met with a creator that has, um, gosh, maybe six to eight million subscribers, and um, and this creator, who's a younger person, told me, "Who uses email anymore?" <laughs> you know, and I, I think that you're onto something here. It's like so many of us, especially our age, like that's the primary way that we communicate is over email. So, so the message here is to ask the creator what's the best way to communicate with you, right? Yeah, no, it's not only not only that because you can't send docs via text like legally. But you could text them and say, "Hey, check your email, right?" Exactly. Say, "Hey, I just sent the contract. Check your email. Make sure you're good with it." Blah blah blah. Yeah, that's the way you need to communicate. (laughs) And then don't expect that you call people that they're going to pick up. Right. Um, Text messaging is the way that I would say the bulk of these creators want to communicate. Right. And then to follow up with via email. So what I would do is any phone call, any any email cor- or any any correspondence with them, uh, you would follow up with a text message. Hey, thanks, so on, blah, blah. Or, hey, I can't wait to, to talk to you tomorrow. Um, just reminding them that we're actually having a phone call um, and not rely so much on, on email. Perfect. Well, Daryl Eves, you have just dropped gold on us, man. <laughs> I'd love you to share where people can discover more about your conference coming up called Vid Summit, and if they want to reach out to you, um, where they would also find you. Yeah, I mean, if you're interested in the Vid Summit, you can go to vidsummit.com. Um, we have uh, Gary Vaynerchuk uh, with Vayner Media that's coming. You know, he's he's pretty well known in the space, especially with agencies, and he has an amazing agency as well. And he's he's talking about. Uh, you know, really leveraging the platforms and so on. And then uh, you can check out all the presenters that are there. We have some pretty amazing presenters. Why don't you share the dates too? So just yeah, in case people yeah. are listening so to it. Yeah, so it's the evening of October 10th. 
of this year. 2017. Yep. All all day October 11th and 12th. And it's going to be super amazing. It's in L.A., and just right, right near LAX, and um, it's just having the right people in the business. We have people from, you know, agencies that are working with Taco Bell, Red Bull. We have agencies that um, are are working with Viacom, and even Viacom themselves is coming. And um, we have some really high powered and infin- uh, influential people in the industry. Now, one thing about this, Mike, is we've uh, over the past years, uh, the ten most viral video ads of all time. We had uh, this is our fourth year. The last three years, we've had eight of the top ten most viral video ads of t- all time actually present on stage. And so these agencies are coming, or the creators that are coming, uh, talking about the campaigns and literally pulling back the curtain and showing everything that why they thought about it, you know, what they did going into the campaign, how the campaign's results is, some things that they wish they would have known, and the results of the campaign. So you actually have actual items as uh, an agency. And we have a lot of people that go there, too, to meet these creators and influencers because we we believe that agencies, influencers, and brands uh, all are intertwined together to really see the new ecosystem of today's digital age. And so um, they're rubbing shoulders with some of the, the people that have, you know, 10 million social reach or what have you. So you can go to vidsummit.com, uh, check that out. But two, I want to do something special. Um, you can go to vidsummit.com forward slash free replays and you can get last two years uh, replays of the Vid Summit. And so you can kind of get a taste of what the Vid Summit is and what to expect when you're actually able to come. So I will tell everyone that Daryl and I are friends and I have been going to lots of conferences in the video space over the last two years and every one of my friends who is a video influencer, you don't even know this, Daryl, have told me that Vid Summit is the event you want to be at. So I told really? Daryl that I would like to try to attend myself just as an attendee. So I'm going to try to get there um, to experience the awesome buzz that everybody's talking about. So, you know, as a fellow person who puts on conferences, um, you know, when I hear that from my peers, I know that that's, you know, legit. So, well, that, that says a lot to me because our ultimate goal is when someone sits in a room that traveled wherever they traveled from, that there's value. And one thing that I personally do is to make sure the person that's presenting shows actionable things that work now, not what worked three years ago. And they're willing to pull back the curtain and show things that will help benefit not only the content creator, the agency and the brand, um, but it's, you know, topics that are real and, and, and presenters that have real world experience and not just are great presenters because they, they're paid speakers. So, all right, folks, you heard it. Uh, VidSummit.com is where you can go ahead and register. And then um, the other URLs that he mentioned, uh, what was the other one? VidSummit.com slash, what was it, Daryl? Free replays. If free they want free the replays. replays. Perfect. All right, Daryl Eves, YouTube and video influencer expert. Thank you so much for coming on the show this week and sharing all your awesome wisdom and insight. Thank you. Well, I hope you found as much value in that interview as I did. If there's anything that was mentioned and you just didn't catch it, well, don't worry. We got your back. Socialmediaexaminer.com slash 267. That's where you'll find all the notes. Also, hit that subscribe button if you're new to the show. And lastly, this brings us to the end of another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week, I promise. I hope you make the absolute best out of your day and may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner.
Hey, just a quick reminder, join the Social Media Marketing Society today and level up your marketing for your company or your clients. Visit smmarketingsociety.com to find out more.